The Y Curve with Phil Dobby and Roger Hearing. Uneasy lies the head that wears the crown. And perhaps he should be uneasy as King Charles is crowned and anointed with all the medieval flummery with some modern inclusivity. The polls show the idea of a head of state by right of birth doesn't have as much support as it used to. Britain's monarchy has weathered many storms in the last century. An abdication, messy divorces, the loss of empire, a tell-all memoir. But can it survive a world in which comment is instant and universal and we, the king's subjects, are so used to making our choices on everything ourselves, whether it's a Prime Minister, a new sofa, or who stays in on Strictly. Can youth and modernisation and slimming down the cost and bling get us back on side? Or are they in danger of destroying the very mystique that makes it work at all, letting too much light in on the magic? What needs to change at the palace, or will it all inevitably be swept away? That's our subject today on The Y Curve. Brought to you by Wigmore Associates. The Y Okay, we should we should point out that you wrote that introduction. You are a very cultured man. Bit, I, well, bit, well, bit yeah, of, bit of Henry the Fourth Part Two. Yeah, to, no, I, I, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I like to throw in the occasional allusion. That education wasn't wasted, was no. it? Yeah. No, 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 no. But, but, you know, it's important to reflect that this is something that has a long cultural history as well as it, everything Well, else. it is. I mean, it's very, very much part of Britain, isn't it? And that's, I'm in two minds about the royal family. On the on the one side, I, I do think it's important because it is part of our history. But on the other side, I really just couldn't care. Well, and I, I think so many you know, people it, fall into that bracket. And in the end, they? it's more than history. I mean, it's about who is our representative as head of state, technically. Mm. I mean, yes, chances are if we had a president, it wouldn't be a president a la the United States. It would be unlike Ireland, where you just choose someone to represent us yeah. on, on formal occasions. But I have a horrible feeling if we did have that. that this is my big issue. If it became, if it became a political if appointment. It became, well, it wouldn't. Yeah. It would become something, you know, the, the Sun or the Mail would run up, you know, let's elect Jeremy Clarkson or Piers Morgan or something, and it would just be yeah. appalling. And yeah. um, there's, a, there's a good Charles-type word. So uh, Absolutely appalling. Uh, but at least we've got a, you know, yeah, somebody who's there, we know who they are, yeah. uh, we've grown used to them, and and they've got the facilities to yeah. accommodate. You know, yeah. they've got quite a nice pad to show people around and, and when if, they come. If, if they're rubbish, in a way, we say, well, actually, you know, it's just it's it's just inheritance. wait another thirty years. Exactly. It, it's it's the genes. It's nothing. We haven't chosen it. We're not responsible. Does they he want it? Do you think? Do you think he wants oh, yes. it? Oh yes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but you think that's why? And is he going to hang on to it? Is oh, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, I think so. Uh, how old are you going to be? I mean, is he going to be in his nineties? I mean, I mean, men tend not to look. Mind you, um, Philip went on a long time. So William could be in his sixties before yeah. he. I mean, well, this is the, this is a big part of the problem, which is that it's an old people's thing. I mean, if you mm. look at the polls, and we'll get into that later, the polling suggests that the support for the monarchy is far, far greater in the older age groups. Yeah. I guess, but has it expected. always been the case? I wonder. I wonder whether people, Probably. younger people, go, "Oh no, I'm not for the monarchy," and then as they get older, they yeah. get a bit more used to it. And I so, think that's that's true in general. But I think I think you know there is a, a case for saying it's an absurdity that mm. and nation that counts itself amongst the top seven economies of the world you know uh, and has a democracy a quite highly developed democracy should nonetheless feel that it has to cling on to an institution which is by definition non-democratic well do you know what though i mean there's some things that do tie people together so much so i'd say my brother keeps on saying how much of a republican he is but mm. the moment there's any sense of of occasion He's right behind it. So, you know, there are... So it, and it does bring us together in a way almost 
you know, in, in a way nothing else does. So we've got the spectacle. We've got, in this age of the celebrity, they are seen as celebrities. And, you know, the, the fact that we've got all this, you know, the part of the family moving over to the, the United States and all that all that celebrity well, well, gossip that yes, creates as well. Apart. That's rather the point. Well, it's, well it's, it's, maybe, or maybe it's just hanging on in there. But, so that adds to the excitement. And so, we, you know, otherwise, what would the magazines fill their papers with? Well, they fill them with celebrities. And this is the point. We'd end up with a celebrity becoming president. That, that's how it would work. And it'd be equally undeserving people. But with the excuse, at least they've been elected. I mean, we, we voted them. And is it the, the sense of belonging as well? Because it is something that makes us British. I don't know. Well, not is just that... British. I mean, you know, Australia, Canada, New Zealand. No, they don't care. Well, they do at the moment. I mean, <laughs> you know, well, he uh, is their head of state as well. Yeah, yeah. But I think, you know, if they if they skipped a generation, uh, perhaps things would be a lot safer. The future you would think? be a lot safer. Well, what do you think the Australians so. make of it? Oh, look, I mean, Australia's been on the... I mean, Australia would have voted to become a republic uh, way back in whenever it was in the in the, in the 90s. But they didn't. Uh, they didn't because the model was wrong. And that was the, the vote about who should choose. And people mm. did actually want a head of state that was uh, voted for by the people. And it mm. was I think it was John Howard, wasn't it, who, who pushed the agenda that, no, uh, it should be someone chosen by the government. And people were thinking, well, we don't like the government mm. very much. Why should we trust you to choose so our head of state? Yeah. And so it was the model, really. Otherwise, it would have been a... a you know, but it a, would would it be the case now? I mean, I think opinion polls suggest it wouldn't necessarily. No, I, mean, I think it would. Really? I'm sure it would. Yeah, yeah, absolutely would be. Particularly if it was the if it was the, if it was the right model. I mean, but there is there is an absurdity. So I to... wonder though whether Charles, you know, mm. with all of this money and it is costing a great deal, mm. you know, what is he going to do with it? I mean, and, and there, there's a question about whether they should be able to hold their own portfolios or whether all the money should just be visible. But if they do have a portfolio and uh, it doesn't have to be visible and they want someone who's going to make the most out of it, you know, where he should go? Tell me, I'm sure you he are going to tell. I think you should go and put all that money uh, in the good folks at Wigmore Associates because uh, they know how to protect money. Uh, they can help you plan. They can help uh, with retirement, for example. Not that he needs to worry too much about that. He can make sure that, you know, you're passing on the uh, the, the right amount of money to the kids and the grandkids, uh, you know, minimizing tax, making sure you've got, you know, whatever your immediate needs are, whether it's health cover, paying for an extension to the house or the palace, depending on who we're talking about, or, you know, maybe you're getting ready to downsize. I suspect that doesn't apply in Charles's case. But Wigmore Associates can help you. You don't have to be a member of the royal family. Give them a call. They can help you sort out your finances, get you a plan for your life, uh, look after your wealth and your life and your retirement. 0207-224-3400 is their phone number. Wigmore-associates.co.uk is uh, is their uh, uh, their website address? And if you talk to them, tell us, tell them. Yes, that we sent you. Yes, I mean, those people on that uh, yes. that podcast that was yes. it's yes. terribly good, frankly yes. good. But they yeah. make this podcast possible, mm. and we're very grateful. Uh, so please tell them. Meanwhile, no. meanwhile, the future of the royals. Well, so we should mind, we should make yeah. the point, by the way, that we're recording this before because I mean this the podcast really lasts a week or more. People listen weeks later. It could all go horribly wrong. Uh, right? We are talking before the coronation, so if we if mm. if we're saying you know. There's not much interest. And then on the day, there's just an overwhelming response and everybody in in the country I'm is united. I'm not going to predict either way on that one. <laughs> right. Or indeed, if, if he, Charles somebody says, well, actually, no, 
I won't. Mm, I, I won't. Yeah, does anyone, does anyone, can anyone object? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Someone who's just flown in at the last moment for the United States, perhaps. Well, we're going to talk to someone who knows all about this and the why and the what and what may come in the future. It's Alice Hunt, who's Associate Professor at Southampton University, also a historian of the British monarchy, and he wrote a book about the last time we were a republic between 1649 and 1660 after the uh, Civil War. So, so actually, Alice, I think that book on the, the Republic is is not out yet, is it? Actually, it's a, it's it's about to, about to be published. But tell us tell us about that time. How did we cope when we we weren't dependent on our on a royal family? Um, I think we coped pretty well, actually. Um, it's it, it was a, a difficult time, obviously, for many, and uh, the country didn't have very much money, and it was well, the the effect of the years of the civil wars were awful. But this was a time that managed to kind of find a way slowly towards a different kind of of government. It really struggled with being legitimate. Um, The parliament that had put uh, Charles I on trial and then beheaded him um, was not considered to be a full and legitimate parliament. And that, that, that was problematic. But the country found... By the time Charles II was restored, it was it was not certain at all that that was going to happen. Um, they were finding their way towards making a constitution and to to working without a monarchy. Although even I'd say Oliver Cromwell wasn't actually king, but he wasn't far off, was he? He wasn't far off, but he wasn't king, and there's a crucial difference there, I think. Um, and the story is that he he was a, 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 monarch, a king in all but name, but he refused to be king. And although although there were aspects that were king like, um, it was not a monarchy, and it was not he did not approve of it being hereditary, and that that's. Um, that, that that was important. And that really is the central point, isn't it, of the whole debate that we're talking about, the nature of having someone in charge, well, technically in charge, who is there by right of their birth, and that's all. So it has, and it, that is the continuity, isn't it, and the stability. So I think we all felt like when the Queen died, we'd all grown up with her, and so she was just part of our life. And, and the fact that she's not around anymore... Is, is what's raised this question mark, isn't it? Because that stability factor has, has disappeared now. So we're bound to ask the question, do we really need the royal family? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and these these big moments, and it wasn't particularly always appropriate, I don't think, around the funeral to really kind of have a look at the constitution. You know, uh, this, this, she, the Queen had died and there was a lot of affection for her and there had been a very long reign and this was a funeral. But now with the coronation, I think we're invited. I think we actually we have to ask these questions and look at the constitution and think about do we want a monarchy? What is a monarchy? Are we okay with what Cromwell called that hereditary way? Um whereby someone has a position which they owe to to birth and to blood and to and to nothing else. Well you can well you can either investigate it or, or take an opinion or you can uh, or you can swear the promissory oath that we're supposed to be doing. Well, uh, yes, that's also Yeah. Uh, which I don't think that's going to go down quite well. I'm not really quite sure. Well, what. I think that's a I think I think it's a bit of a mistake. I suppose I one interesting it, thing Alice just just as a historian, has it ever since 1660 since the restoration up until the present day has anyone has it there's seriously been a contemplation of whether we will or should have a monarch. Has this been questioned at any other point in the last uh, 300 years? Um, since there was a, the, the restoration, yes, it, 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 it has come and gone, but it has never had the uh, kind of hold that it had um, in the 1650s. And it, um, 
the, the thing is with the Republic in the 1650s is that they didn't, it wasn't in, intended to, be, to abolish monarchy. You know, the wars didn't set out to abolish monarchy. It kind of, they suddenly found themselves in that position. So it didn't really have the time immediately to work out what, what a Republic could be. But they were, that, that tradition of Republicanism did then it, begin in the 1650s, people began to write about it, about it, began to kind of defend and imagine and defend kinds of republics that could work. And that that has that persisted. And there were kind of other moments around sort of crises sort of later in the 17th century um, with James II and the exclusion crisis. And other moments when people who might want another kind of government could 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 put forward their views. But um Otherwise, I think our Republican past and Republicanism in this country has been, has been suppressed. The question is, of course, how? I mean, if we were to go down that road, what form would it take? And that's where, I yeah. mean, Roger and I, just before we started talking to you, we're talking about the situation in Australia. And that, that became unstuck because of the model. No one could yeah. agree on the model. So, you know, if you move from, from the royal family and, and the monarchy, what do you move yeah. to? Yeah, I mean, there are there are models to follow, but how do you agree on it? And this this is what happened in, in, in the, the only time we were a republic in the 1650s is very difficult to agree on what that should look like. Um, and that that's when kind of monarchy becomes a kind of fallback because it has been there for so long. It seems to have this kind of legitimacy because of that. Um, but yeah, to, to agree now on, um, I mean, that, that's what the argument is, isn't it? How, how, what would we move to and how could you possibly have an elected head of state? Well, there are, there are, there are many countries that manage it and and and, and do it. I don't. I don't think it's a. It, it's enough to say oh, we wouldn't know what to do. We would just have to agree. We'd have to do it. We'd have to work it out. Mm. Yeah, but then we look at how how well Brexit worked out for us when we make a big move. <laughs> and we're not necessarily that good at the implementation. Yes. Are yeah, we? but that was the that was the wrong move. But, but essentially, you'd be talking about having a head of state elected by referendum, in a sense, probably. Mm. And uh, yeah. the general sense was that didn't pay well um, when when people were given a choice. Yeah, I mean, I mean, constitutional monarchy is is it, 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 it can work. I mean, it, it is it is it is fairly successful. It can be successful in other countries. Um, I think the, the the closest thing that we're going to get to is becoming constitutional monarchy that's much more on a kind of European mm. style. So how well, would, how well, would well, that work? Well, with the Dutch royal family, I mean, or, or the, or the it, Swedes. It costs a fraction of, uh, of, of what it's costing us in, in the UK. But I wonder, do you think the, the, the main objection to the royal family from those people who do object to you, do you think it is the, the cost of it? Because in the, in the scheme of things, it is a large slug of money, but if you put it on, you know, against the, the total... Vo- amount of public spending and then you start to look at how much is bought in in international tourism uh you know that those numbers are not massive i mean they're they're big but you know they're proportional i say i guess yes i mean i suppose if you work out actually how much is going out of your pocket um it might not be that much but it's what it look it's what it was what it represents i mean they have enormous wealth enormous wealth um a lot of it we don't really even kind of know about um they don't a constitutional monarchy does not have to have the paraphernalia of the of, of, of the pomp and the palaces and and the and the and the expense. We know that from looking at the other. Uh, but isn't that what people? Isn't that what what people are looking yeah, for? Isn't there though? a isn't risk that... of letting light in on the magic, as as Badgett said, where you you know if, if if it becomes less magical, it becomes less worthwhile. Yeah, but light has been the daylight has been let in on the magic for for years, and as Hilary Mantel said, the faculty of awe remains intact. That we do know more about them. Um, they don't have so much power. They are it, it, it has changed a lot. The monarchy since. Um, 
you know, over, over, over the years. And still they have, they retain this kind of way of, of, of uh, this kind of affection, this awe, this kind of magic. So I don't, I think you, they could reduce themselves quite significantly and they would still be that magic. Do you know what? You two are just going to start quoting classics <laughs> and I'm just going to feel so inadequate. Uh, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> that's what she is a classic. <laughs> oh, now. please. Shh. Now, so uh, what about then, uh, you know, this this idea of, of, of what it does in terms of our reputation overseas? Is that important? I mean, the Queen was always viewed very favourably, wasn't she? So whenever you had anybody, uh, you know, like the President of America, for example, uh, visiting his mum in Scotland, always wanted to see the Queen you know the former president uh, and maybe not but uh you know and it's obviously she's got quite a nice she had quite a nice pad where she could entertain people uh that i mean that has been you think of britain overseas and you do think of the royal family it's 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 part of brand britain isn't it i mean if you if you downscale that too much then you are losing that sense of, of you know what most people identify britain as being yeah she, i mean the, I, I wonder whether charles can do that in the same way i mean she, the the Elizabeth Elizabeth II um, had this amazing kind of uh, capacity to uh, draw affection from people all all over the world. Um, Partly because she was so young when she came to the throne, but she also came to the throne in a completely different world. and was known more, and all, and her role within the in in the Commonwealth, which kind of grew up around her and and, and with her. I just don't think Charles III has the same international appeal. So, and Brand Britain without the Queen, but with Charles III, is slightly different. I don't think it's just monarchy. I think it has to be about the personality too and the person. Well, that that really is the point, isn't it? Because I was. Thinking back through the history of the monarchy, and, and you have these long-ruling, fairly, very well-regarded people, Victoria as the obvious example, and, and Queen Elizabeth II, who during their reigns have boosted the monarchy back up. And then you have sort of dodgy ones in between who, who sort of threaten its existence. So it's very much tied to personalities to get its power and its longevity. Yes, and, 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 it, and it all... It always has been, I think. I mean, Elizabeth I was a similarly long, long reigning who had a, had an ability to um, in, in, instill affection, and she could, went on progresses and showed herself to the people. Understood that she was quite, it sort of had value. There was value in kind of watching her and being seen. Um, and the other other monarchs who aren't so keen on on doing that, who don't like putting themselves on show, um, who have wanted to withdraw more. I mean, Queen Victoria actually didn't particularly like being 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 visible, but by the end of her life, had had be, had had kind of become incredibly kind of uh, popular and and loved. I, I think there's a personality, and I think there's a gender issue here as well. Um, which we might want to think about. And these long reigning monarchs who've been queens. Um, and it's hard. It's hard for Charles to do that when he's coming to the throne age 74. Exactly. And and as you say, Queen Victoria had that age, you know, coming in very young, had that in common with Queen mm-hmm. Elizabeth. And uh, mm-hmm. and and so adds to that stability factor that, that, that we talked about. I mean, Charles is just going to be an old man 
Uh, and, uh, you know, and we, we are going to be looking. I mean, if you look at the opinion polls, so there's a YouGov poll looking at popularity, you know, the attitude towards various people. 62% of, of Brits have got a positive attitude to King Charles. 30% have got a negative view. But those with a very positive attitude is just 22%. Compared to Prince William, 73%. Mm-hmm. Catherine, the Princess of Wales, 71%. Mm. So the next gen, you know, mm. everyone wants the next generation. I mean, they may not want to, but yeah. you know, if we if we if we skip to go, we might find the the royal family suddenly becomes more popular because it is personality driven. Yeah. And those polls have been there for a while. I remember a long time ago, even 10 years ago, there was a poll around should William become the next king or should it skip Charles and the the numbers then were surprisingly high. Um so some people seem to some people have the charisma, some people have this uh, kind of magneticism, um, which others don't. And what is that? Catherine does have it, um, and, and William does, but that's also the connection with Diana, I think. So for the young, I think it's because they're young, and I think for some generations, it's it's the connection between William and Diana and the affection that she had. But, um, but you're right to talk about generations there, because it's interesting from that similar that poll you're talking about. There's a big difference in, mm-hmm. in age. If the, the under 25s, the under 35s seem far less keen. Now, maybe it's just uh, that people, as they get older, get more conservative and therefore want to keep things. But is there more to it than that? Yeah, I think there is. I think there is more to it. I think we really need to think, look at those polls. And I think um, that particularly with the young, this is about seeing a royal family who don't represent um, who they think they are or the Britain that they live in. Um, a, a royal family who, you know, he he looks far away because he's he's much older than them. But the he's white, he's privileged, he um, doesn't seem to share their experiences. Um, that they they I just think they don't feel that a monarch does anything for them. I mean, when I talk to young people, they they actually say, well, what does what does he do? So the argument about you know the the, the brand Britain or the the soft power, the 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 work that they do to represent Britain abroad, they don't see, and they don't see what they do for the country. Um, they think, well, we would people would still come and visit the Tower of London, and they, well, they still do the Tower of London, of course, because it's not it's not owned by the you know they don't live there anymore, but they'd go to Buckingham Palace. We could still. We, there would still be a tourist industry around the royal family. Well, if we had a revolution, maybe we could, they could visit the Tower of London with the king in it. Yeah. <laughs> that, would, uh, that would draw in yeah. the crowd. I mean, that would change things. You know, we, we, yeah. What kind of revolution do you have now? I mean, <laughs> how, could you, how would it work? Um, but as to as to what he does, so I mean, what he did do, of course, was he was quite prolific and uh, and outspoken on the environment. Yeah. yeah. Now he can't do that. You know, he, he couldn't mm. go to COP twenty six or twenty six yes. or twenty seven. Yeah. Uh, twenty seven. He couldn't go there because the you know because the Parliament supposedly or the Prime Ministers, uh, two of them, uh, wanted to stop him. Um, so, so you know what he did stand for, he, he doesn't. He can't stand for it anymore. So there is that question: What but, good? But is people he? know mm. what he stands for. He's well, well established in that way mm. and, and there are things it's not just the environment I mean I, I, last weekend I was down in Poundbury which is you know known locally yeah. as Charlie Town where he promoted a particular view of architecture mm. in a very key way I mean his monuments are there already in a sense mm-hmm. yeah I mean he's he he's I, I think he's a serious man in many ways in fact he's thoughtful and um has thought obviously deeply about this coronation and the what's going to happen in it and, and what his role is and what his relationship is with the church and God. And he does have things to say about the environment, of course, and that 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 is something that he could really do. But a constitutional monarch, he's what do we, we there's so many contradictions at the moment. He's a constitutional monarch who now has to be quiet, and yet 
he has come to the throne with a whole past. We know a lot about him and we know what he thinks about a lot of things. So it kind of feels odd now that he would be silenced. And I wonder if there's some things that he could be more of an advocate for and could kind of represent us more. That that could be relevant and valuable. Yeah, that was not, exactly. That was my Except point. He would step outside his position and then open himself up. The whole point about the Queen was we didn't know what she thought, at least yeah. officially. But that was her, but that was her, that was her. role. Yes. I mean, what's to say that we don't have a, a, a monarch who can express opinions, who who is there adding to the public discourse? I mean, we provided, you know, he doesn't go too far. Uh, you know, if he's if he's there and and, and drives drives an agenda, which it, it's hard to debate uh, climate change as something. I mean, obviously, there yeah. are climate change deniers. It's not political, is it? Well, it's well, I mean, for some people it would be, but the, whatever you say, there's going to be some political extremes. But by and large, uh, you know, and, and, and of course, he's going to come into conflict with with Parliament, uh, with the ruling government of the day from time to time. But is that a bad thing, perhaps, if it gets people talking? Very difficult constitutionally, wouldn't it? Have? Yeah, I mean, this is this is what's always been said, that it was the success of Elizabeth II's reign and the success of constitutional monarchy when it kind of really properly bedded down, um, really only over, just over 100 years ago, that they were silent, that we didn't know what they thought or what they said, that they were absolutely um, uh, at, uh, unable to interfere with, with politics. It's all, uh, it's, it's, the thing is, is that they, of course, they do, you know, they have these private meetings, so things, thing, things happen. Um, and I think if I was to ever mention to any kind of constitutional historian, say, what about a, a, a head of state that did talk a bit more? It could be very effective. Everyone's like, no, that would be disastrous. That's not, that's not how it works. But with care, I mean, it's risky for sure. It is risky, but done with care, it can, it could be very effective. I mean, there are some situations. I, mean, I, I, I never really liked the Queen's speeches, for example. I used to find them kind of a bit anodyne. But when she spoke about COVID and during the lockdown, I actually thought, oh, this is, she, this is quite interesting. A head of state actually sometimes can bring a country together and say, say be be quite uh, be quite moving and be humane um maybe because it was so rare in a way as well it was very striking yeah it was it, yeah it was it was striking but it was kind of effective and but the one occasion where she did think well said to have had a, a political opinion publicly i think was when she uh, asked the Scottish people to be very careful when they oh. were talking, mm. when they were going to the referendum. A lot of people read a lot into that. And I suppose mm. that, in a way, brings us to another issue, which is king or queen of what? The United Kingdom is rapidly, mm. or potentially, could become rather less united. So the role of king or queen becomes rather different, doesn't and, it? And the Commonwealth as well, yeah. the whole question around yeah, the Commonwealth. Well, I think, yeah, perhaps. So Queen Victoria presided over um, a, a, a Britain that was expanding and the empire. Queen Elizabeth II then presided over the empire um, contracting and the beginning of the Commonwealth. And I think Charles III is going to, his reign is going to be marked by those Commonwealth realms pulling away, um, particularly in the Caribbean, but Australia is looking um, increasingly likely it's going to move that way. 
um, and then by the union, the union here it's, as well. And even if those Commonwealth countries don't pull away, I mean, there's questionable human rights in uh, in in some of those countries as well. You know, do, do we really want to be associated where you know homosexuality, yeah. for example, head of state in Uganda would be quite uh, difficult at the moment. Mm. Potentially, not that she is, but but if she were. No, no. I mean, head of the Commonwealth is 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 different from head of head of state in the Commonwealth realms, or as they they call them realms. But the independent Caribbean countries in which he is he is still head of state, um, who, and they don't want anything to do. A lot of them don't want anything to do with Charles III because of diff- the, the, the the connections with colonialism and, and slavery. Empire and- so do, do, Charles knows all of this, though, doesn't he? Because I mean, he's uh, I know here we are just calling him Charles. I don't know what should I might what should I be addressing? His Majesty, His Majesty. Yeah, come on, okay, go okay, go. Right, get with the game. Yeah, well, we still can. So His mm. Majesty sort of knows all of this, and it seems bizarre saying it like that. But His Majesty mm-hmm. knows all of this, surely. I mean, he is, for example, he's trying to downscale. Uh, you know the, the the size of the royal family, and uh, you know the size of the civil list, and and you know perhaps he will start asking for for, for less money. Perhaps he'll also accept that there needs to be more visibility uh you know and because transparency yeah exactly Mm. i mean for example you know the duchy of cornwall you know how much are Mm. they raking in from that and why 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 is that still a thing why why don't we just you know hand all that land and all that earning potential back or sell it off i mean and then you know the palaces how many of those and how many palaces do you need really to to get the impression alice that he is thinking these things through and in fact there will be change well, I thought he was. I mean, I really did. I thought slimming down the monarchy for him meant not just slimming down the, who, who the royal family were in terms of who would see on the balcony, you know, who the core royals were and the kind of the, the core family. I thought it would mean slimming down um, economically um, and uh, and divesting themselves of some some wealth and property. But I, I'm just not sure now. I feel like this coronation is, I don't see anything that's slimmed down in this coronation particularly. It's going to be shorter. Not There aren't going to be 8,000 people in the Abbey, but it is going to be really spectacular. Um, he, you know, none of the, the kind of old rituals have particularly been changed. They've been sort of glossed and reinterpreted a bit. Um, and I, 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 We'll wait. We'll wait to see. But I thought he might have made some bolder moves already. Actually, by now, um, in terms of their, you know, their their assets, and I, 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 ha- I haven't seen that. Well, it's the liabilities. I think is one of the things. You know, you talk about assets, but you know, the, the Prince Andrew question, I suppose, has to come yeah. up. If you have people within the orbit who are in inverted commas bad actors or appear to be. That in itself changes perceptions, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Although they've always managed to bounce back um, from 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 you know bad, bad, badly behaved people in the royal family, and there there have always been kind of rogue princes and um, scandals that the family has managed to some the monarchy the family's managed to kind of manage and then the royal family has kind of bounced back from i mean they're kind of terminators like that they just kind of bounce back and keep keep coming keep going um as as he would, he right would, one on the throne he wouldn't be though if he was the firstborn and he was the king right now and he'd behaved like he was i mean that potentially could be the end of the royal family couldn't well it? i know i mean how how do we what happens when the rogue the rogue is 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 the heir i mean it looks in pretty safe hands because William is absolutely in the cast of his grandmother um, and dedicated, I think, to the idea of duty and service, which have, which have become the kind of the buzzwords of modern monarchy, that it is all about duty and they are serving. Um, 
and he, he is like that. But well, you, you have to say yeah. that Charles's yeah. reputation, you know, has gone up and down a bit. And the the the, the, the ritual they say mm-hmm. is is always it uh, the, the monarchs like the prime ministers go dull, bad, dull. Sorry, dull, mad, dull, mad, dull, mad. <laughs> um, and if you look back, it where does, are we now? Well, <laughs> that's the interesting question. If Queen Elizabeth was dull, then then heaven help us. Which is 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 some, quite the way some people are reading it. But I mean, uh, it, we're also in unusual times, aren't we? In that we've had you know this this change of power at a time when the economy is quite depressed and people are really struggling and then you've got this untold wealth at the same time i wonder whether it's just a a passing fad and often when we've sort of like thought about the royal family and what use are they to us there's a sense of occasion there's the spectacle so even now so we're recording this on on the wednesdays before the uh, before the big day and Twitter is full of people having taken photographs of the uh, the rehearsals that happened overnight with hundreds of horses and yeah. uh, thousands yeah. of people from the army and, the, you know, all the forces uh, there getting the train from Aldershot uh, yes. in the middle of the night. A, w- a well-trained force, people call it. And, and it's, you know, and people seem excited having seen it as though this is going to be a big sense of occasion. And maybe, you know, and, and in Britain, whenever we have those senses of occasions, it does somehow pull the country together. I wonder whether it will this time. Yeah, I know. There in the run-up, there's often this sort of scepticism, isn't there? That thing, you know, what is this all for? And do, is it going? Is, is everyone going to get behind it? And then they happen. And yeah. even the most sort of uh, people who, who really don't feel that they're interested somehow get moved by it. Um, and what is that? It is this incredibly kind of well choreographed, immaculate, rehearsed spectacle um, that is completely kind of in step there's this kind of we see this unity of the state you know all in line i mean it's so important that it has this kind of choreographed quality to it that nothing is nothing is out of out of line because it kind of looks unified it looks like this 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 is the state on 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 show Mm. and on show to the world we may not be able to run an economy but we can run an effective parade that seems to be the yeah we we, we can great organizers (laughs) so long as yeah and they can they can be emotional Mm. i mean even they they appeal to the irrational i mean that's that's an interesting you mentioned irrational there which i suppose naturally leads on to the fact that at the core of this and it is ritual that's going on but ritual in fact about religion because it's a religious service the coronation and mm-hmm. he is being installed yeah. as the head of the church of england and as various people pointed out uh, his history um, divorced adulterer uh, all that kind of thing does make it a little awkward and, and, and i wonder if that's part of the problem where we are a less religious society we don't really care necessarily mm-hmm. what the church of england thinks so therefore do we not mm-hmm. care so much oh, about this I, we, you know we, and when we're not when we are religious mm-hmm. we're not necessarily part that of the Church of England. Exactly. So, so, I mean, for example, you know, the First Minister of uh, Scotland mm. has to swear allegiance to, yes. to the King. I wonder how he felt about doing that. Yeah, I mean, I think the... At, at, at its core, this the coronation, it's not just the pageantry. I mean, the, be- the beautiful procession will be spectacular, but this is a deeply religious ceremony um, in which, you know, yes, he, he, he swears to... Um, become head of, head of the Church of England. He swears to uphold the Protestant faith and he also swears to uphold the laws, but at its centre, he is anointed. And can you imagine anyone being anointed? I mean, bishops, priests and biblical kings and medieval kings and early modern kings. And, you know, perhaps you could understand but the, the, the anointing there. But now that's a really 
powerful and sacred and troubling act at the middle uh, in the middle of this of this coronation. Why troubling? Do you think? Because it turns him into something special. It it the language connects him with biblical kings. It connects him with the grace of God. It as Welby has said in his commentary, sets him apart. Um, and this, but if you are very religious, it, you may believe that's a good thing, perhaps. Yes, you you may, and this it, it could. Uh, uh, yes, of of course. But how many of us, as you've just said, believe that? Um, and the anointing has always been a bit troubling, even when it first. Um, was kind of really took hold. Um, medieval kings would ask their bishops, you know, what 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 becomes of me when I'm anointed? Doesn't it make me, you know, a bit more special? Doesn't it make me a bit priestly? And the, the bishops would say, well, no, not exactly, but it, it does elevate you. It does raise your dignity, but not. Well, not going back to your 17th century analogy, of course, one of the issues about the the killing of the king was you were killing the Lord's anointed, and and exactly. they kind of believed that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and the 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 the, the belief that um, Charles the First had that when when he was anointed and when he swore his oath at his coronation that he he could not be touched. He was not accountable to the people. He was accountable to God only. And this, for all its visibility and spectacle, this ceremony, the bit we won't see is the anointing. That's going to be in private. Now, there's nothing unusual about that. That has been the tradition. But I think in the 21st century, that is difficult. You know, everything else we can see, but we won't see that. And it's it's preserving that the sacred heart of this ceremony. And it's preserving what underpins British monarchy, which is that it is it is bound up with God. Alice, do you think the monarchy is going to survive? If you, I mean, you're a historian, not a futurologist, I get that. But if you were to predict the next 50, 100 years, what do you think? Well, history would say that, yes, it's going to survive in, in this country. Um, it, it has survived against all odds. Um, oh, I, I'm really, I think, yes, I think it will, actually. But is, it, but is it going to change, I guess, is perhaps a, I think it will change. a more important yes, question. I think and, it and, and will it, change more. And obviously less money. Uh, I, I mean, are we just going to downscale to, to a European-type royal family? And what's wrong with that? Seems like a you know best of both worlds. I, I think that is the most realistic um, and viable option. Um, I, I don't think we... I, I think reinventing ourselves as a republic and not become a constitutional monarchy, I cannot see that happening. But I can see us reducing the pomp and the pageantry and the the religious aspect. That that could happen separately. He could be um, installed as invested as the Church of England. But what you know, I actually thought the ceremonies around his accession were were, were really quite well done. And that could mm. be the moment. Um and then there could be a smaller ceremony that would in there would be a religious one for him because that's a matter for, uh, for for those who adhere and belong to the Church of England and for him as the head of the Church of England. But to fuse the two together, the state and the church in this big coronation, that that's something that does need to change. And I I, I can see that that might. But let's see what happens. You know, he they they're putting out what they want to do on Saturday and how the message they want. Um, but it will all be in how it's received. And what the people. What we haven't 
you, you said what you think might happen. What do you think should happen? I mean, this is getting you to take off your academic yeah. hat and put on your your citizen, or should I say subject? No, my, I know, I know. Will I will I take up the invitation to pledge my allegiance? Um, Can I take a guess on that one? What, what do you think? <laughs> I suspect you won't. No, my, well, no. I, well, I don't think many of us will, will no, we? Well, I I mean, okay, let, let's Alice, will, will, will you or will you not? What, pledge my allegiance? No. Yeah. No. Uh, no, I... I uh, no, the, the historian's hat on, well, I, I, you know, I'm fascinated by the monarchy because I'm fascinated by power and its absence of power. And I'm fascinated by ceremonies that try to negotiate that power. Um, but I do not think that... Uh, monarchy is is a grown up kind of government. Um, I don't like the appeal to the irrational and to the emotional and the hereditary way. Um, so I would I would be behind uh, a, a, a quite radical moves. Um, I value what constitutional monarchy can be and can do. Actually, I I, I could see that working, but push if I was really pushed, I would like not to have a monarchy. Right. So, uh, but it, but if we are stuck with it, I guess a very much downscaled version where uh, it's it's really a just a, a figurehead type role, handy for state visits, someone for uh, visiting presidents to go and see. Uh, they've got quite nice reception facilities. But if you, uh, so, you know, let's and a constitutional need to book a check to... as well. You know, there is a constitutional kind of check there. And we don't have to go through an election every now and then, you know, around whether it's, you know, who, who should who should be the president. Well, thank God for that. But, yeah. God does come into yeah, that, that, so, that uh, would be hard. Um, yes. Yeah, and I think with all that history and all the interest we, we could still preserve, we could still be proud of certain of, of 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 certain aspects of our past and the rituals and the and the regalia, we could that could still be part of us, but it wouldn't have to represent all of us. Well, do, do you know if we, if we did vote, you know, it'd be David Attenborough, so we'd still get an old David Attenborough. Charge, well, we? you know, we asked so- these um, the, this group of primary school children the other day who they'd want, and of course, it was a whole load of footballers, um, and even footballers, not British footballers, actually. You know, Ronaldo was there, but David Attenborough came up. These are young, yeah. so it's not just the age you know they they identified with Dave Dettenborough and they thought well he's someone who cares about the planet so yeah well I think if his his majesty and uh, I'm talking about David Attenborough there and Ah, and Charles if they both died on the same day I suspect there might be be more more yeah well more (laughs) sorrow for for David for David Attenborough just very quickly before we go though if we did downscale it how far do you go before you go too far uh, where you start to lose the magic as we were talking about before so you could look at say for example uh, we've got you know this magnificent building in Buckingham Palace and all the other royal palaces Uh, what do we do with those if we downscale them but then here's another question as well because if that's a, an important part of our culture that we want to maintain and there's obviously the the cost of maintaining that you don't want to turn it into a into a hotel for, for visiting or a casino but similarly aside from the royal family but it is related to religion we've got this issue that english village life is built around churches and we're struggling mm. to maintain churches and there's the whole the cost structure. associated with that as well which is a religious uh, mm. uh, significance but it's also aside from religion it's just part of the the, the british fabric. culture yeah the fabric of british society so it's part and parcel of the same issue I yeah guess. okay so the, the, the your, your first point is you know how what happens if you do away with the magic well i suppose i would kind of ask well what what do what do we need the magic for? Um, do we? Is it an? Is it? Is it something we absolutely need in our lives to have these moments where 
we're kind of awestruck or where we feel in the presence of something greater. Um, can that not be achieved in other ways? Um, well, we've got the Eurovision Song Contest next well, week. Well, that's the, you know, that, that, you know <laughs> hot on the heels of the coronation. Yeah. Um, many other people find magic in many other ways. Um, for some people, it is, it, it is this kind of charisma around monarchy, but not, but not for, not for all. Religion, for some, of course, still has that absolutely and should have and should have a place in this country. Um, but I don't know if we need the magic of monarchy is a hangover. From, from from the past and is one that maybe we could let ourselves, I mean, it's, it's a yoke, as John Milton said, the, a, a, the yoke of servile pomp. Right, so it. then the other it, question then is how much of the money that we're spending on the, on the royals actually Could is, we actually spend it, on other things? Well, is, well, but is also being used to, to maintain a, an infrastructure, buildings which are, you know, an important part of our history. Mm. Yeah, they are an important part of our history, but we would still maintain them. They would yeah. still be. They yeah, would still too. be looked after, I and mean, they would still be very well visited. Versailles, one of the most visited sites in the world. There's no king mm. there anymore, but there was a magical king there, and that that magic is still there when you visit it. It's like God. They really believe this stuff. The you know the kings who lived there really believed they were touched by God. Why can't we have that? Yeah. Well, you see, the great <laughs> thing is point. here, we still do. Well, some of us do. Anyway, I think we can end by saying, God save the Constitution, if not God save the King, I suppose. And uh, and we've had, been speaking to a historian who says history doesn't have to actually constrict mm. us. Uh, it can be remembered without necessarily being part of the deal. You've been very entertaining, Alice. Alice, thank you so much for being with us. Really fascinating. And, um, well, I hope you enjoy Saturday in whatever form yes, you do. Yes, thank you. You know, I'm going to be there. On, on the mail so yeah it'll be, it'll be fun I'm a little bit hypocritical if you don't mind no, me no, saying I'm, that. Not working. I'm working I'm working yes, I'm, yes. Doing, I'm doing stuff with the All World right. Service so it'll be interesting very good but it's very good, good. All right. well, thank you for talking thank to us you. Thanks, Alice. Bye, bye. bye. So there we are. Yes, the king. And, uh, well, he is going to be crowned. And uh, Yeah, but should... never mind that. Nah. Who, who, I mean, I mentioned it. Who's going to win Eurovision you, next Well, you year? think it's a more important event. I suppose it'd be interesting to see <laughs> whether more TV people... see TV ratings are going to be interesting, well, aren't they? they will be wow. comparable. Because Eurovision is is coming up. And it is, well, it's, it's hugely political, as we know from the fact Ukraine won it last time. Maybe on musical quality, but I think on based on a lot of sympathy yeah. as well. Yeah. And it's being staged of course in Liverpool because they can't stage it in Ukraine but what does all the Eurovision history what does the Eurovision culture what does the music tell us about is music it is? actually part of it I well, mean it's I, a bit I, part I, of it but it's not all of it but it's I mean the songs are by, by and large Man, they're pretty good. dire well, come on Abba you know back in the day well, there we are you've just reinforced my point oh dear so, right. <laughs> but, but it has a lot of significance why do certain people vote for certain countries why do the, is the music as it is mm. uh, and, what, and, and what does it tell us about and if it is political it? can we tell already who's mm. going to win next well, Saturday well indeed indeed mm. uh, it's going to be fascinating we're going to talk about that we're going to find out uh, what we can judge culturally and politically from the Eurovision Song Contest and if you're going to have a wager listen next week because I mean if we can get to the bottom of the politics we will try and, and try and figure who's out who's going to win we want, we want to cut on how much you that's all win. coming up next week on the Y Curve brought to you by Wigmore Associates see you then the Y Curve